Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the State of Basketball with your man's The One, a BW Sports One original podcast. And we are brought to you by some fabulous sponsors of ours. First off, we're going to start with Rockstar Realties. If you're in search of a new home or you want to sell your current home, contact our guy, Sean Nugent, over at Rockstar Realties, 317-503-8322. And also, Driving for Dyslexia. Uh, This is a great not-for-profit organization um, that does a great deal of good things in our community. Want you uh, check out those guys at Driving for Dyslexia if you want to donate to a good cause. 317-643. If you have time and you want to work off that Thanksgiving, that Christmas, and that New Year's meal, want you make sure you slide over to our buddies over at Elite Performance to get all of your exercise needs. 765-499-1005. And text to to the number 29022 BW Sports, and you can get your $60 off startup account with Doc Sports. That is text BWSPORTS, BW Sports, to 29022, your startup account. All right. So that brings us to our show. Episode two, the state of basketball. Man, the start of the year came for this particular season, the 2021 season for the NBA. It did not leave us unexcited about the start of the season, about the future of the season, and it's going to be a really good one. So today's episode, we are going to dive into uh, the both of the conference, the Easters and the Western Conference, about uh, things that happened during the week. Uh, games, um, news, things like that. And then for our conversation of discussion, Elbow, we're going to dive into uh, Max Deals, uh, player or team-friendly contracts and players who are gamblers, players that are going to bet on their own selves to get a better contract coming up in the upcoming free season, uh, free agency, I should say. So let's go ahead and get right into it. We're going to jump right into the Eastern Conference. And up first for our conversation, we have the Brooklyn Nets. And yes, I'm going to say it correctly this week, folks. It is the Brooklyn Nets, not the Boston Nets. Somehow they made some type of combined deal, and it was wartime, so they combined the teams. Y'all didn't know that. You can look it up. I promise it's real. Fake news. (laughs) But anyway... So the Brooklyn Nets, uh, they started off the year with the Golden State Warriors. Uh, the matchup with Stephen Curry. I still want to call him Steph Curry, but you know how people get picky with their names. So we got Stephen Curry, and we is a pretty exciting matchup that we were all looking forward to. You had three guys that had been out for pretty much the whole 1920 season with Kyrie, KD, and Steph with various injuries. But all three were back. All three played in the game. And all three, for the most part, all three looked pretty good. We'll talk a little bit about more of Steph's uh, woes when we go to the Western Conference. But Kyrie and KD look absolutely uh, ready to attack this season. 
Kyrie is stroking the ball from deep, uh, putting up gaudy numbers. He had 27 against Steph Curry. I think he had like 10 assists, eight or nine assists, something like that. And then against a very good team in the Boston Celtics, he drops 37. You know, obviously those numbers have probably come a little easier for him because he Kevin Durant with him. And Kevin Durant put up his numbers as well. Uh, driving, planning, jumping, uh, pull-ups. So I'm not really about the Achilles tear coming from um, Kevin Durant. It's just it's, it's how you're going to attack this team. You know, they you pick your poison. You try to double Durant and get the ball out of his hand. Kyrie is electrifying, and he does his thing. But if either one of those guys are falling off, they have a, a seriously deep team. And Karis LeVert, again, has proven why um, he is making the money that he is making. And he is going to come up in conversations a little bit later on, too, when we talk about contracts. But the Brooklyn Nets is loaded, you know, with Karis LeVert, who is going to compete for that six man of the year. Um, you also have uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and Joe Harris and Jared Allen. This team is loaded. Nash has played 10 deep twice so far in the play, uh, uh, in the start of the season. I'm anxious to see how much he's going to play, but this is one of the few teams that I think they can go uh, 10 deep. Um, next up, we have the Miami Heat. Uh, the Miami Heat have started off, eh, you know, like a lot of teams, one and one. Uh, they lost by a last second shot the first game, and they pretty much dismantled the um, Pelicans uh, game two. Uh, Duncan Robinson is picking up exactly where he left off in the bubble. He is to let you know that his shooting is universal in the gym, in the conference hall, in the hallway, however you want to put it. Duncan Robinson can shoot the ball. Um, last night's game, which was Friday night's game, he uh set an NBA record for Christmas Day. Well, there's a record for every day of every season of ever in the nba i'm sure if you look close enough there's a record for something on every day but on christmas day games duncan robinson tied and set the uh three-point mark for a game uh he had six in the first half which was a record on christmas day and he ended up with a total of eight which was also a record on christmas day um a little concern though for the miami heat uh, Jimmy Buckets, Jimmy Butler did not play the second half of that game due to some ankle um, soreness. So that might be something you want to take a, a keep an eye on because I think he was experiencing a little bit of ankle injury as well. Uh, next up, we have the Milwaukee Bucks. So we have the Bucks up. Uh, the Bucks is still a, a, a a team that is hard to analyze. They made moves in the offseason to get more shooting around Giannis, but I'm not quite sure they've actually done it. You know, Forbes from San Antonio looked good yesterday, um, but I, I think they're still going to need a little bit more shooting around Giannis. Uh, I think one key that we're going to really have to pay attention to is Chris Middleton. Um, he put up 31 in the game on Friday. So I'm anxious to see if that is something that he can, that he can continue to do. I think that was what they were looking for last season when they gave him that max deal, 
but he really didn't show up for that during last season. I mean, he's a streaky scorer, but we like to see a little bit more consistency. Now, I don't think he should get that 31 every game, but you should at least give him, give Giannis, you know, 15 to 20 to 25 points a game to give him a little help. Um, I'm waiting for this Drew Holiday um, acquisition for Milwaukee to to really play into that. So um, I wouldn't be too alarmed with the Milwaukee Bucks because right now they should be sitting at 2-0 and if it wasn't for a miraculous bank last-second step back from Jason Tatum. They would most likely be 2-0 and at this particular time. So we take care of the Bucks. Next, we move to your Indiana Pacers. All right. Uh, Mounts Turner fan club alert. I've said it last week, and I don't know if you guys are mentioning, I said one of the keys for the Pacers to move forward is the fans to stop wanting Miles Turner to do something that he is never going to do. You need to accept the fact what he does and what he does well and think that that's just what it is. There are people in the league that are role players. It is okay to be a role player. Los Angeles Lakers won the championship with about seven role players. So get off that. So here's my update. Uh, The game, they played the Knicks. Yes, it was the Knicks. I don't care, but it was still an NBA basketball game and they're professionals. So it was the Knicks. The Pacers had nine team blocks. Miles Turner had eight of them. That's what he does. He blocks shots and he rebounds. So when he gives you 15 points, that is a bonus. You should accept it and be happy with it. If he's not blocking shots and he's not playing uh, defensive rebounding, then you should be alarmed and you want to do something else with him. I've been hollering for this. And, and for a while, we've got Sabonis and Turner in the starting lineup at the same time, and the results were outstanding. Yes. Domas Sabonis gave you 32 and 13. Miles gave you eight blocks, eight rebounds, and a couple buckets. That's what you want out of your front court. Uh, the Pacers starting five, all f- uh, four of the starting five was in double figures, except for TJ Warren. So. Are we going to see Bubble Warren or are we going to see Jimmy, I'll lock you down, Warren? <laughs> so that's I think that's going to be a real big key for the Pacers is how um, T.J. Warren, you know, you know, finds his offensive his offensive rhythm. Uh, Victor Oladipo looked pretty good, but we still don't know about his. Um, what do you want to call it? His commitment to the organization. Well, and I wouldn't be too mad at him because the Pacers organization doesn't really do a lot of commitment to the right people. Austin Crozer, <clears throat> excuse me, my bad. I didn't mean to put that out there like that, but I did. Uh, next up, we have the Boston Celtics. Uh, okay, Boston should be 0-2, but they are not. Jason Tatum is fabulous. He is going to earn every bit of that $136 million max extension. So, or excuse me, $163 million max extension. So um, I'm not too much worried about Jason Tatum. He's going to bring it every single time he laces up. Jalen Brown is going to bring it every single time he laces up. Um, I mentioned it in episode one of the key facts. I think that the Boston Celtics did not address would be their inside game. Um, as you can see it, Tristan Thompson, I don't even think he played, but if he did, it was a non-factor because 
I don't remember if he played or not. He must have been dining with the Kardashians. So um, <laughs> they need to sure up something inside to give Tatum and Jalen Brown a little, a little pressure help. But I think something that you really need to pay attention to is when is Kimba really coming back? And when he comes back after his second or third uh, stem cell injection, um, is he going to be an effective, you know, are they going to be able to use him during the season or are they just going to have to play, you know, low management so they can have him during the playoffs? You know, I don't really know. I mean, what's going on with Kimba that seems to be looking like a bad move for Boston because he's not on the floor. I mean, if you ain't on the floor, you ain't doing no good. So um, I like to keep an eye on that for the Celtics. Um, and a little sad news since we're talking about the Celtics right now, a little sad news with the Celtics and their, their family organization um, and guys of my age, a little bit older who remember the legendary coach Casey green. Um, he won two titles with the Celtics. I think he got one uh, Casey green, Casey Jones. <laughs> Casey Jones, uh, he won two titles with the Celtics, and I think he was the coach of uh, Larry's last one he won. I could be wrong on that, but um, prayers to the Celtics organization and the Casey Jones family. Um, let's see, what else do we have in the West? Uh, West, I mean, in the East, Westbrook. Westbrook is back to his Houston, before Houston trade form. First game as a wizard, triple double. So um, <laughs> I guess he hasn't slowed down. I couldn't even tell you how many triple doubles he had last year with Houston. I know it wasn't as many as we're used to seeing because James Harden don't give up the ball for nobody to to uh, shine like that. But yeah, Westbrook triple double. First game as a wizard, twenty one points, eleven rebounds, and fifteen assists. So. Um, might want to keep an eye on Washington towards the bottom of the East because regardless of what Westbrook does or Bradley Bill, they don't have enough around them uh, to really compete in that playoff scenario. I don't think they're even going to be in the 7-10 playoff game. So uh, we'll see from there. A uh, couple other notable players from the East, Terry Rozier of the, Har of the Charlotte Hornets. He put up 42 in a losing effort, Jalen Brown puts up 33 in a losing effort. Trey Young puts up 37 with a 10 for 12 shooting in 26 minutes. It's pretty outstanding. He's going to be electrifying. Uh, I got the Atlanta Hawks competing for that 7 and 8 spot with that 7 uh, through 10 seed playoff at the end of the season. And Mr. Inconsistency, Joel Embiid, throws up a, four, a 29 and 14 game. So we'll see what happens with the, the 76ers. Not going to talk a whole bunch a lot about them until I can see Joel and B uh, match Ben Simmons' production on the floor. And we'll see if Doc can bring that out of them. All right. So let's go ahead and Tristan transition ourselves over to the Western Conference. Uh, I guess we're going to talk about the Lakers first. Got to talk about the champs. How can you put the champs not at the top? So you got to talk about the champs. Uh, they started off the season with an L to the Clippers on ring night. Can't really remember the last time a champion actually won on ring night. I mean, there's a lot going on. If you if you know that you just got this big old block of awesomeness 
that's supposed to be worn on your finger in a box in the locker room. Only thing you try to do is get to that box in the locker room so you can wear that big ass ring. <laughs> so and then you know you go through the whole 45 minute warm up, do your whole routine, and then you got to calm down for the half hour to listen to Silver talk, uh, Jenny Buzz talk. By the way, her plastic surgery looks great. <laughs> talk to Jenny Buzz talk, and then you got to you know do all the introductions and all that kind of stuff. So. You tend to cool off, but the other team is sitting there. Wild man, we got to sit here and listen to this crap. I'm ready to ball out. So that's what Paul George did. I'm still not going to jump on Paul George's uh, bandwagon just yet, even though he did look absolutely fabulous in two games. I'll jump to that in a second. But the Lakers, um, they bounced back real, uh, real nicely after losing to the Clippers uh, against Dallas. Uh, LeBron is shining like LeBron shines in his 18th year in in the league i i don't understand how you do it you know i 36 i was not really doing that anymore i was probably jogging half court <laughs> we're not even gonna say full court i would say i was probably jogging half court no i don't even think i was doing that because i think i just had my surgery so nope wasn't doing that either so <laughs> kudos to lebron um ad is looking like mvp form early in the season Again, like I said it last week, AD is my pick for uh, player of the year. I think LeBron is going to do everything that he can to give him the MVP. I mean, you can already see it in the first two games, how quickly LeBron is deferring to Anthony Davis and let Anthony Davis take control of this team. What he tried to do with a young Kyrie uh, a couple seasons ago, but he was too full of his sage and flat earth theory that he couldn't quite, you know, understand the gifts that was being given to him. But I think Anthony Davis realizes these gifts and he is ready to get it done. Schroeder is looking really good in his addition. Um, I'm still waiting on the Marcus all and the uh, Wesley Matthews, but that still is going to play itself out later on in the year when they get comfortable. I think they were there more for defensive presence anyway. So we'll see how that all turns out as we go along. And I do see rumor mills that they are already talking extension with uh, uh, Dennis. Uh, look for a lot of good things for the Lakers coming up in this season. And we move on to the clip. A uh, lot of going on with the Clippers. Clippers are 2-0. Uh, they dismantled a Denver Nugger team. A Denver Nugger. A Divot Nugget team. <laughs> Um, pretty good. You know, I got Denver was finishing pretty high. I think I had two, uh, finishing number two in the West above, you know, the Clippers behind the Lakers, but the Clippers came out and they play really good ball. Um, the Saji, the Sergi Baca, I think that's going to be a, a, a big upside for the Clippers because of the loss of Montrez Herald. Uh, Ibaka is a little bit more offensively minded. But, you know, they needed – the Lakers want Montrezl Hero more for defense, so they're not really worried about the lack of offensive production. But Serge Ibaka has already made a bad impression on his teammates by taking out Kawhi in the game against Dallas. He ended up with eight stitches. Man, that looked nasty. He went down like he got hit by Mike Tyson in 88. <laughs> but um, the Clippers are looking pretty good. Kawhi 
it looks like Paul George has settled in into his Lou, uh, his Ty Lou role better than he did with Doc. But I'm not going to jump on that wagon either because Kendrick, I said it last week, Kendrick Perkins broke it down of all the things that you complained about that you weren't doing in Doc's offense. He brought you all the numbers that that was exactly what you were doing and you didn't produce. But um, a 33 point in the first effort and a pretty much a good defensive lockdown on Josh Murray or uh, on Murray with Denver. I think Paul is trying to show us that he wants to do it, but it's only two games. So we'll see how it happens, how it goes throughout the season. So there you go with the Clippers. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the Nuggets. Uh, the Nuggets are 0 2. Uh, I'm not quite figuring out why they're on two. Uh, I think what the first game they lost by a last second tip in by um, Buddy Hield of Sacramento. So you didn't block out where it was Joker. So you got block out for game winners. And who was guarding him? How did he get all the way to the rim? And then you had a beat down by the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard for the second half. <clears throat> So uh, Jokic is doing his job. He was one point off a triple-double. We were just looking for the rest of them. You know, when is Gary Harris going to actually show back up from that injury? I mean, they gave you the excuse in the bubble. You've had all that time off to be ready to go to the start of the season, and you look the exact same. Um, he might be on uh, mover talks. You know, I don't think he's panning out defensive side or the shooting of the ball. So I'm anxious to see how Denver – uh, rebounds from this, it, but folks, it's still real early in the season. They haven't played even five games yet, so uh, this is all just speculation talk. Well, I do expect the Denver to to bounce back and turn it all around. They got a good core with uh, Millsap, Jokic, and Murray, so I, I think the leadership of Millsap will get them all back into order. So to speak. Uh, so that takes us the Golden State Warriors, who look absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. Man, I feel so bad for Steph. Feel so bad for Steph. And and I know Draymond Green has not played the first two games, but does he really make that big of a difference? Or at least not on offense. I know he does on defense, but does he really make that big of a difference? <laughs> So um, I'm I'm kind of worried about that. I wasn't real sold on Kelly Oubre in the first place. He hasn't hit anything but the bottom of the net <laughs> in these first two games, man. It's looking pretty bad. I mean, and Steph, I mean, I hate to put, pick you out like this, Steph, but, bro, it's not, it's not looking too good. In two games, in two games, Steph is 13 for 38 from the field, and he is four from 20. From the three-point line. Now, Steph is always taking questionable shots, but he makes the majority of his questionable shots. Now he's shooting extra questionable shots because they need a shot to be shot, and no one else is there to do it. Because I've already dis uh, voiced my displeasure of Anthony Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins. Whew, I don't even want to say his name right. He's terrible. He's absolutely terrible, and he's been terrible. Jimmy Butler called him terrible, and he's terrible. Just sorry, you know what I mean? But there is a bright side to this. Their first-round pick, Anthony Wiseman, looks pretty, pretty, pretty James Wise. He looks really, really, really good. Uh, first game, what was he at? First uh, first game, 19-6 against Milwaukee. 
Uh, in the second game against the Nets, he was 18 and eight. So um, there's a bright side for them. You got a guy who runs the floor. And I also saw him shooting about a what, a, a 18 to 20 foot jump shot on a pull up. So there's a little excitement there. I wouldn't put too much worry into the Golden State Warms. Um, Steph is going to have them playing. Steve Kerr is going to have them adjust as early and they're young. Um, I think they'll still be better off at the end of the season than they are at the beginning of the season. So those are your Warriors. And then we go to the dysfunction of the Houston Rockets, who have still not played their first game. They should be playing Saturday evening or Saturday night. Looks like James Harden is good to go for that game. But six other players will not be good to go for that game due to COVID protocol. So that's not going to be a really good game. It's just going to be another game of James dribble, 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 shoot three, dribble, dribble, step back, travel, shoot three. So um, I think that's going to be a real dysfunctional organization until they figure out what's going on. And it's going to be hard to trade a guy with that kind of money. You go, these teams are going to want, you know, uh, Houston's going to want the whole kit and caboodle, and these teams are going to want to give it up. So you might just have to wait, James Harden. A couple other notable uh, players during the first week out of the West. You got Jean Morant hits his career high of 44 points in a loss. Uh, you got Zion Williamson, Williamson, who is now playing unrestricted minute basketball. Looked really good in the first game with a double-double, and he backdoors it with another double-double of 32 points and 14 rebounds against the Heat. So if this guy – if this guy is playing like this, you know, I mean, I said it last week, I wasn't real high on Zion because of the competition that I was seeing him play against. But you're in the league, dog. You're in the big dogs. You're the big guys. And you're putting up 32 and you're bullying these guys. Putting up 32 with no jump shots. <laughs> you're putting up 32 with no jump shots and you miss, I think, what, seven free throws. And you still end up with 32 points. So watch out for this guy. Watch out for um, the Pelicans. I'm really high in on the Pelicans. Uh, Brandon Ingram also contributing, you know, compounding on his and most improved player award last year. He drops a, uh, what was it, a rebound off a triple-double as well. Uh, Rudy Gobert, who I'm going to talk about here real shortly, uh, gives us a 20-17 and 17 game. Rudy Gobert. Mm. So, um, yeah, that's Rudy Gobert. All right, and those were your news for the Western and Eastern Conferences from week one. So now we're going to move into our weekly discussion uh, from the elbow. And what we're going to talk about uh, first off is players who sign max deals over the offseason. <clears throat> Excuse me. First off, we have LeBron James. LeBron James signed a two-year, $85 million deal. Uh, well, before we get into that, we'll talk about the max deals. Now, some of these max deals, I think, were notable. Some of them probably should have been done. But I have one here that you can see that is highlighted that probably shouldn't have been done. And I'm not really, you know, that's a threat that I heard that I would have just, you know, we, I would have called your bluff on. But um, we'll start off with LeBron James signing a two-year deal for $85 million with a one-year player option. Uh, Giannis signing his 228 five million, uh, 220 million five-year deal. Paul George, this one kind of 
you know, you already was on a, a large contract. And then they, after all the, the backstabbing talk of Doc Rivers and all the stuff going on in the Clippers organization, they still give him $198 million extension. Not, not a new contract, but an extension, meaning we're going to give you some more hundreds of millions on top of the hundreds of millions that you was already signed to. So his extension will guarantee him at the end of his five years that he would have totaled $226 million. That's the $2 million less than Giannis's contract, you know, the two-time MVP, <laughs> the two-time defensive player of the year. You know what I mean? No MVP, you finish second. No defensive player of the year, you finish third uh, at your best season. So I'm not really sure uh, why they gambled so highly on him uh, when he has zero playoff production positive experience. Uh, Jason Tatum, I think he completely deserves his $163 million over five years. Um, Donovan Mitchell definitely deserved his 163 over five years. I didn't really get to see a whole lot of De'Aaron Fox because him being on the West Coast and we being on the East Side, the East Coast, or Central America, well, not Central America, Central Middle America, however you want to look at it. Um, we don't really get to see a whole lot of his games. I watched him more in college than I did in the pros, but I can tell you he's a young player, but I'm not really sure the Sacramento should have spent $163 million. Uh, but I'm, I'll say it like this. I won't say it's a bad move. But I'm not going to say it's a great move either. How about that? <laughs> that leaves me open so I can play around a little bit. Uh, Bam Adebayo. Definitely. Definitely. That's who I got for defensive player of the year uh, this year is Bam Adebayo. Definitely deserves his 163 five years. But here we go. Rudy Gobert. You know, we just missed him with his 20 and 17. Uh, $205 million. Five years. 205. Like they were going to offer him, I think it was like 160 or something like that. And he said, No, I think I deserve more. You're going to give me a supermax, or I'm going to go somewhere else. Me, I'd have been like, See you later, spreader of the COVID throughout the whole NBA. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't think he was that. I know he's a key role, but I don't think he's $205 million key. You know what I mean? That's a super max deal. Those are for that upper echelon of players, MVP type players. When are you ever going to vote Rudy Gobert for MVP? No. The best he's going to get is defensive player of the year, and I don't think defensive player of the year should be making $205 million over five years. That's just that's my opinion. I think that contract is going to come back and bite them in the ass. I'm sure Donovan Mitchell is like 205 and you gave me 163, 205. Are you serious? Yeah. I'm not too, too happy with that move. And if I was anybody in the Utah organization, I would be happy with that move either. So let's jump the script and let's talk about players who sign team friendly deals over the off season. These are players who, They were structured where the team can still do do other things with other players, 
which will allow you to get more money on the back end. And so we'll start off with these players. Uh, Karis LeVert, uh, the Brooklyn Nets, he signed he signed a $52.5 million deal over three years, uh, which was, I think, is an absolutely great move for him because he's playing his work. Brooklyn understands that he is a guy they want to keep around. They can't give him a whole bunch, but they want to give him enough to keep him there, to keep him satisfied. Uh, Jalen Brown, $107 million over four years. I'm okay with that. <laughs> uh, Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma, $40 million, three years. His is interesting because out of all these player or team-friendly deals, he's the only one with a player option in his deal. And it's going to – a player option plus, he's guaranteed $39 million of that $40 million deal. So Kuzma took a little bit less than what he thinks he's worth, but he knew playing in L.A., playing with LeBron, you're going to get more ring or more chances to play for rings, and you're going to get more money on the back end in three years or two years when it's ready to sign that that max extension. Then you're going to be able to, to play with that because LeBron's going to be transitioning on his way out. Uh, Davis will still be in the third third or fourth year before he can opt out of his his deal. So um, I think that's a good move for, for Kyle Kuzma. And LeBron thought it was a good move, too, since he wanted to tweet about it. So kudos to Mr. Kyle Kuzma there. Uh, Jonathan Isaacs, um, Orlando Magic, this young man out of Florida State, I think he I think he's doing a good job of taking that 80 mil. Um, 80 mil for four years. I mean, I don't know if he'd have really – he has a lot of upside, a lot of potential. I think he is like 6'10", run, jump, shoot. He can do all that. But I don't know if he's he was ready for that big, big, big solid contract for him with Orlando, a uh, four-year deal. He'll be able to um, grow. They'll be able to put pieces around him along with um, – who else they got down in Orlando? Gordon. Yeah, yeah, that guy. I think better actor, basketball actor than he was a basketball player. Message. <laughs> uh, next up, OG Adebayo for the Twifters. He signed a $72 million deal over four years. I think that was a good move for him as to take that money up because Toronto is not going to be very good. So a lot of those players are not going to get, you know, you know, real large contracts. So I think he did a good job of going ahead and taking care of his his money right off the bat. Uh, Mark Markel Markel Fultz, another Orlando, fifty million three years. Uh, he was a number one draft pick overall, number one draft pick, which I was kind of worried about then too. And you can see. It panned out to be absolutely what we thought it was. Granted, he had a, a better year, an improved year last year with Orlando. Uh, free throw percentage up, efficiency on the court up, uh, three-point percentage up a little bit. Not enough to say hey, we're a threat from the three-point line, but I really don't. I think he cashed in. You know what I mean? I really don't think any other team, we know Philly wouldn't have gave him that deal. So, um We'll see if he takes that money and continues to evolve, but I was just not ready to give him that kind of money yet. I probably gave him what Montrez Harrell got from the Lakers. What was it, two-year, 19 million? 
<laughs> um, and then you got Luke Kennard. This might be a little disrespectful, but I'm going to say it anyway. I didn't even know he was still in the league to even be getting uh, up to $64 million contract for four years. But his is a little different than everybody else's because of those two words, up to $64 million. So he's not inked in. He's just got a contract full of incentives. So um, I think that – where is Luke Kennard at? I had it down here, and I completely forgot where he was at. He's not he's not in Detroit anymore. Uh, where'd he go? I forget, but I still got the Clippers. He's with the Clippers. So I still wouldn't have paid him. See, well, obviously they gave Paul another 190 million. So uh, they're just throwing away trying to hide the fact that uh Jerry West is doing illegal deals. <laughs> Jerry West is pulling that college stuff in the NBA, but we'll get past that. <laughs> Uh, and then Derek White of the San Antonio Spurs cashed in with a $73 million over four years. Um, I don't really have a whole lot to say about him. Didn't watch a whole lot of San Antonio games. I didn't even see a whole lot of San Antonio games on TV. And if you're watching San Antonio, you're watching DeMar DeRozan, not Derek White. <laughs> That's it. I mean, are, or are we going to see exactly when uh, Coach Pop turns into President Snow and ignites the Hunger Games. I mean, that's all you got from San Antonio. <laughs> all right, so let's talk a little bit about, before we close out here, let's talk a little bit about players who are gambling on themselves in the upcoming free agency market. Uh, first, you have Lonzo Ball. You know what? I like to move. Gamble on yourself. You've improved every year since you moved away from L.A. and away from your father. Your jump shot is better. Your um, decision-making, which wasn't bad on the floor, is a lot better. And the pressure for you to succeed is not so high because you have uh, Brandon Ingram, who is basically the face, the second half of the face of the New Orleans Pelicans, and you have Zion Williamson also to make it a lot easier for you. You're going to get wide-open jump shots where you jump shots i mean his three four percent this was up last year and i expect it to rise again this year um and he also i mean he's probably you know passing he's got to be one of the top what six or seven passers but from the point guard maybe higher than that in the league the boy sees the floor very well i think he's going to do well i think it's a good gamble uh on his part because if he shows well even if new orleans doesn't pick it up there's going to be other teams that are going to want to come after him uh, let's see, who do we got in this? Larry Marketing, uh, the Chicago Bulls. Um, he is betting on himself. Me, I think it's a bad gamble. If they offered you an extension, you should have took it. Uh, Chicago has not looked good with him there, or Zach Levine, or the young boy from uh, Carolina, last name White, uh, Kobe White. I mean, Chicago is a bad team, and you're betting on yourself. I hope you think you're going to have a good year, and maybe somebody else will pick you up. But I think you just played yourself out of a lot of money. Uh, Laurie Marketing. Next up, we have Malik Monk of the Charlotte Hornets. I'm kind of on the fence on this one. You know, he gives you he gives you signs of playing well, 
but it's a bad team. So if you're playing well on the bad team, does that really mean you're playing well? I don't know. It's just 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 food for thought. But <clears throat> I don't know. I didn't really dive too much in to see exactly how much they were offering for the contract extension for him to gamble on himself. But he attacks the rim pretty good. He's a decent enough outside shooter. And I think he plays very good defense. So, you know, it might be a good gamble on his part. Uh, next, we have Josh Hart for New Orleans. We got a lot of New Orleans people who ever gambling on their on, on their future. Uh, Josh Hart, I think he should have signed an extension. Not real good. Not really seeing why he wanted to gamble on himself. Granted, he stayed in the league a lot. And I and a couple other people um, figured him too. But I think he is one of those players, man, that whatever the contract they offer you, if you can squeeze a little bit, go for it. But, you know, trying to play the cards all out on the table to pick up a good deal or get picked up by somebody else, I think it's a bad move on his part. Uh, next up, Dennis Smith Jr. Good player. Um, I think you already put out your audition tape for other teams. So good move for him to go ahead and, and try to find the quickest way out of New York without being traded. <laughs> so that is a good move for Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, Zach Collins for Portland and DJ Wilson for Milwaukee. DJ, I'll get to you in a second. Zach Collins, you ain't played enough. You ain't played enough to be talking about I'm a gamble on myself. I mean, they brought you back for the bubble. You played 22 minutes in the bubble. One game. Gone. No help for Portland. I, I Man, I, if they decide offer a million, you should have took it. I don't care. I mean, you might be on your way out. You know, there was so high hopes for Zach Collins, but every time he gets on the floor, he gives you a couple good minutes, maybe a dunk, a block, a jump shot, and he's gone for four games. So, no, I think that's a bad move. DJ Wilson. Did you know DJ Wilson was a captain of the Milwaukee Bucks? Yes. I did not know this either. But as I was looking at this roster and why I was like, I thought he was just traded. But then, no, I guess he resigned or he was still there. But DJ Wilson is of the Milwaukee Bucks. And DJ Wilson plays about three and a half minutes a game ever <laughs> as long as he's been in the league he's been with the Milwaukee Bucks and he's only in a garbage time or foul time and he is the leading candidate for the little shorts of the year award <laughs> DJ Wilson you know what I mean I hate to talk bad about a Michigan boy I really do because he I mean he was so fun to watch in Michigan with all the energy but all he is now is a glorified cheerleader on the bench. And you're betting on yourself. Yes, DJ Wilson will be in Australia next season. <laughs> all right. So uh, there you have it for this week's uh, episode of the state of basketball, where we talked a little bit about max contracts. Uh, extensions and gamblers and we went over the 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 things or the states of the eastern conference and the west conference in the first week 
The second week is going to look to be uh, even more exciting going into the New Year's. It's going to be a lot of games on. There are some good games on this uh, this coming weekend. So I'm excited to dive into it. Uh, so, hey, we're going to see you guys next week. But before we jump on out of here, uh, let's talk about some of the things we got going on. Uh, don't forget to check myself and my brother, Dan DeLion, on Wednesday Night Live, every Wednesday at 7.30 um, p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then you can also check out the man, the myth, the legend, Dan DeLion hosting uh, Bet Your Ass with Rafael Esparza. For all you bettors, this is who you need to go get your numbers from, your analyzing of the games and how he picks his numbers. If you didn't know who Rafael Esparza was, Rafael is a guy who we – really enjoy having in our network who gives us great insight, but he is a, a lines maker out in, Oh, you're getting them straight from the guy. So make sure you guys check those guys out every Monday at seven 30 Eastern standard time. And then Sundays at 11 AM Eastern standard time. You got to check out them boys over at checkers and records where they talk everything racing fast and slow. Yes, there are slow races. <laughs> Just go ahead and check those guys out every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern where they drive fast, shift hard, and they keep the rubber on the road. And a little bit more from our family of shows here at BW Sports One. Uh, you got the Dynasty Bros podcast, the Redraft Show. Um, every Tuesday, we get the audio on all of our um uh, what is that thing called? Uh, audio podcast uh, platforms. Uh, we also have Super Kicking It with Steven on Saturdays at 12.30. If you guys missed the promo uh, last week where we all uh, got into character of our wrestlers, our wrestlers, Arthur Egos, man, it was really exciting to bring back the a the, the AWF. So uh, make sure you guys check out check that out. And then we have two new shows starting in January. Man, this first one is going to be absolutely outstanding. Uh, Quantum Inspirations with Monica Rochelle Clark. Um, there's always a mental side to your sports. And Monica is going to come help you uh, keep your mind, your mental on the right track so you can perform a little better when you're on your uh, specific uh, sports fields. And then coming up, in January, we have the Combat Zone with Dan DeLion, where we talk all stuff combat. Man, we got a lot of stuff coming up from that one, so stay tuned for all our new shows. So, um, again, we thank you for joining me again here Be at, what is this, BW Sports 1, the state of basketball. Next week, I got a treat for you guys. We're going we're gonna to switch it up. I'm going to have one of my soon-to-be regular guest hosts appearing with me. Um, this is a guy who we've had great fun with on the court, and we've talked basketball. We have forgotten more basketball than some of you people have even watched. So this is going to be amazing. So thank you for joining us here at um, the State of Basketball, and we'll see you guys next week for Episode 3. I'm out.